Well, hey, hey there, Chunkies. It's Carter here, the guy that you're normally hearing on your Mondays and Tuesdays, but uh, you're going to hear a different voice on this one. You're going to wish you saw the face of this voice, but this was one of our uh, original members. This was David. Uh, David left the podcast because David had a baby and those kind of things happened. But here's the twist. That baby is me. So enjoy this wonderful podcast with Jordan, Doge, and my dad. And uh, I hope it's super. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Doge Wildcat Dozier. Yeah, Wild, Do, our friend Doge, also known as Wildcat. Wildcat Dozier <laughs> sounds like the most backwoods person. Like you sound like you've got a boat with a fan on the back. Yeah, that's our son. That's Jess and my secret son. It's and every time he comes in, he goes, "Hey, hey, dad, daddy, daddy, daddy." He, he calls me New Zealand. No, he calls me Is daddy. He a kiwi. Diddy. Hey, Diddy. Hey, Diddy. <laughs> yeah, he's a Kiwi. He lives in the <laughs> swamps of New Zealand now. His name's Wildcat Dasha. <laughs> hey, Diddy. It's me, Wildcat. <laughs> hey, mum, mum and Dad, it's me, Wildcat. <laughs> Jess and Doge, my parents. It's me, Wildcat. <laughs> Sound like Taika Waititi. <laughs> yeah, exactly like him. We spent 43 minutes trying to start, and that's the best intro we've done since... Hey, Mum and Dad, it's me, Wolfcat. I'm back from the swamp. It's family Christmas, right? <laughs> Mum and Dad, Diddy, it's me, Wolfcat. We're just gonna do that. I just drooled. I think you guys. It always starts with a hey, Mum and Dad. It's me, Mum. <laughs> Mum and Dad, it's me, Wolfcat. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. It's me, Wolfcat. Wolfcat boys. Mum and Dad. <laughs> Hey, Mum and Diddy! <laughs> Thanks for listening to our show. It's Wait, me. Who's there? It's me, Wolfcat. <laughs> welcome to the Wolfcat Radio Hour. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk, our movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I'm your chunk. I'm Doge, and this week, if you be worthy, you can possess the power of chunk. <laughs> I'm David, and I will bring you victories so succulent you thought you died and went to Valhanka. Nice. <laughs> very nice. Well, this week I feel like it's very important to tell everybody that I'm hungry. What are you hungry for? <laughs> just food, man. I just thought we could I thought we could mix it up and try and start the show out with some like casual conversation. Yeah, I was like, is this a bitch? Just about, no, just I feel like <laughs> Is there a Thor pun coming? I feel like there's a lot of people that really just want to like See inside our lives. Wait, tell me like that you're hungry again. Okay, uh, I'm hungry. What are you hungry, Thor? Nice. That's what this I'm week. For. Nice. I could go for We're some pop Thor. Pulling back the curtains. That's what Jordan's <laughs> like. Just like, hey, welcome but, to VH1 behind the podcast. <laughs> but uh, as we all know, we're here to talk about a movie and not mm. my hunger. Yes. Yeah. Um, so sure. I could honestly go for some ribs or, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the movie that we're here to talk about is none other than 2011's Thor. Thor. Also no subtitle. Yeah, I know. Here we are. Whoa. Sometimes you just got to play the cards you're dealt. Yeah. Why'd you have to go and say that Thor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guys, we're, we're terribly thory for all the awful puns. If you got, if you got, if you guys need a band aid, you can go pick it up at the th- the Thor, <laughs> the medicine Thor. <laughs> well, Doge, would you? Could I oblige you for a snip? You could indeed. 
2011. I almost said 2001. No. 2011. 2011. Thor. Space Thor to see. <laughs> it's the story of a young uh, Asgardian god, I guess. A young Asgardian being called Thor. Yep. Uh, who is next in line to be king of Asgard. Uh, and over the course of this movie, he is deemed unworthy of the right to wield Mjolnir, his hammer, and thus loses his power. He is exiled on Earth. And this movie is the story of Thor regaining his worthiness to wield mm-hmm. his hammer. So, yeah. David, we're going to switch it up a little bit. Let's let, why don't we let you be our tour guide through this spectacular tornado of a movie? All right. We'll keep all hands and feet inside the podcast at all times. <laughs> we're going to take this journey starting at the very beginning. It's really. <laughs> A story of humility. It's a, if it, you think about it, it might be a story of humility. Ah, interesting. Please don't talk while I'm talking in the podcast. I'm low key <laughs> interested in this one. Oh, okay. oh guys, guys, welcome to our pun cast. <laughs> you did it, Odin. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, we start <laughs> off this movie with a flashback that I want to dump on. Yeah. Yeah. I, why does it start on a flashback? Why do we not start when the story starts? It yep. should, it, because it starts with Jane looking at a tornado of some sorts that she's chasing, hits a guy and says, oh my gosh, please don't be dead. Yep. And then Anthony Hopkins starts with his uh, narration. There was of, a time. There was a yeah. time where it was. It was. Uh, I looked it up, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have the Asgardian stopped crying? We, we flashback. <laughs> this is 956 AD that we flashback to. Yeah. That is over 1,000 years I that we flashback. genuinely thought you were going to say, this is 956 minutes long, the flashback. <laughs> and I was going to say, yep. <laughs> because all I could think the whole time is I would be so much more interested if it just started with lands on Earth and we have to find everything out when everybody else finds everything that, out. I think that is a scenario that should have happened. Or we should have started at 900. And if, yeah. if we regard that opening sequence with Jane and Darcy and Eric as a flashback, mm. then we should then we should start at that point. If we regard it as a flash forward, then we should cut it completely and start with Odin's voiceover. Yeah, like that's the perfect start I think to it that movie. Started, yeah. should have started. should have started. <laughs> <laughs> All these Thor puns are getting to me. It should have started with Anthony Hopkins' voice saying, here's the world that we're setting up. Sure. Yeah. Because I think this was the tallest order yes. for the MCU yeah. until Guardians of the Galaxy. This, I totally this was agree. the one where everything was very grounded in what we already know. Like, oh, uh, you know, obviously I don't know if radiation could cause the Hulk, but you know, maybe in this world and yeah. that's what he would do. But this is like, we're opening up this world yeah. to nine different realms. Yeah. yeah. Like that's a, that's a tall order. So they really explanation. had, it, so they needed to start with They that. try to explain it away with the Arthur C. Clarke quote. Arthur C. Clarke is a prolific, prolific science fiction writer. <laughs> they try to explain it away with that quote where Jane says that science is just technology. We don't understand yet. Yeah. Not actually what Arthur C. No, Clarke said. It's magic. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Magic is just tech. We don't understand yet. Yeah. Yeah. Not actually what Arthur C. Clarke said and doesn't really seem to hold up because we don't need that. Like we can just say, Hey, no. it's just magic. Like, yeah, that's, it's just the way this is. And yeah. like, we have enough shield in here to anchor us back into the more realistic Iron Man. Like, yeah. well, and there's, you know, there's the same thing I think where it, it's almost a little more handholding than an audience probably needs to be able to go. No, I, I get that. Like in this kind of situation, magic has an explanation that we just don't know. Yeah. Like I, un, I think people are able to grasp that. Yeah. Well, I like Thor's line where he says, you know, you're, Ancestors called it magic. You call it science. I come from a place where they're one and the same. Right. Yeah. We could have just used that and instead of true. Jane's yes, quote. true. Yeah. Well, it and, feels a little like almost Green Lantern-ish handholdy of like, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, this I'm is sorry. weird. This I'm is so really sorry. Completely this is weird. Agree. That's true. It felt and like it like, was a little bit apologizing for being doesn't, a superhero Audiences movie. don't want that. Like, I don't know yeah. about you guys, but when I go into a movie, I'm like, I'm all in. I'm fully ready to just set aside and just be like, yeah, I believe you. You're telling me the story. <laughs> yeah. I believe you. Yeah, it's true. And I think- and I think Marvel does a good job of it later, but I think part of the responsibility of a movie on the audience is to take the reins and say, I'm in control. You sit back and watch. And when it does things like, Hey, I know this is weird. Just yeah. bear with me. It almost feels like it doesn't want me to fully invest. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. No, no. I think, yeah. I think that's true. It feels like your friend who comes to hang out and is like, Hey, before we start hanging out, just like, I promise I'm cool. 
Like, I yeah. promise this is going to be fun. You know what I mean? It We're does. just like, let me figure that out myself. Like, yeah. well, I, don't, I don't need yeah. that, you know? And it makes everything less cool then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they can't do you anything. You're faking it right now? Yeah. Like, that kind of thing, yeah. yeah. Um, but Anthony Hopkins uh, narrates the story of uh, Jotunheim and the Frost Giants trying to take over Earth mm. and how the Asgardians came to protect them. Yes. This was lost to history, clearly. Yeah. But uh, I want to give just straight out right now, a huge pump on Anthony Hopkins. 100%. Yes. He can make the same thing. anything sound and and feel incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, what the heck is up with his voice? Yeah. I, he, I, saw, I saw like a Transformers 6 trailer and he was narrating it. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. this movie looks great. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and I had to I had to tell myself, no, no, no. It's, it's just, just Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. Yeah. I can't, I can't go see they, this movie. How did they get the hop? I don't know. In that... In that particular franchise. I can't yeah. even explain. Well, everybody needs a paycheck every once in a while, you know what and, I mean? And, and again, Does Anthony I mean, Hopkins need a paycheck? I just though? told you he was I mean, in Transformers, so clearly there's a there's a low bar yeah. that he that he's shooting for, but he can make it incredible. Well, I yeah. think him as even Odin was probably maybe in 2011 I just wasn't as quite as in tune with like my actors and like all that kind of stuff, but thinking about it now and just being like Anthony Hopkins is Odin. Yeah. in Thor. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. In the yeah. MCU. That doesn't even make, yeah. I found myself, even when I saw Ragnarok in theaters, just being like, oh yeah, <laughs> Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins is part of the MCU. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Hannibal Lecter yeah. is Thor's dad. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and there, there's not many people that could could portray such a dominating presence, but such a peaceful king. Yeah. Yes. And you're, I'm like so on board with Odin and I'm like, don't die. Don't no, die. Odin. Yeah. We need you. Every word out of his mouth. I'm just like, Thor, you better, Hey, you better listen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anthony Hopkins, Anthony Hopkins <clears throat> is like, I really feel that aside from Robert Downey Jr. He is the, and Chris Evans, the best casting in phase one. Really? Anthony Hopkins is incredible. He's like, so it's exactly like you said, like so regal and peaceful. Yeah. But also, like, uh, when he gets angry at Thor, and he's like, you are not a king. But you're not king. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, exactly. oh, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> yep. Yep. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, callback joke to the Santa, our, our Christmas series, really. Fred Claus. Ugh, yikes. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, we find out that the Frost Giants try to defeat or try to conquer Earth and yep. for, force us into another Ice Age, which does that mean the first Ice Age was caused by them? I don't know. Let's think about it. Hmm. I honestly but, didn't even think about that until right yeah, now. Me neither. Then uh, Asgard stepped in. There was a great war. They pushed them all the way back to Jotunheim, their planet, took away the source of their power. What is that called? The, the Casket, Casket of Eternal Winters. Yeah. The Casket it's an, of I'd, Eternal Winters. Is that very, said in the movie? Uh, they just call it the Casket in the movie. Okay. Uh, in comics, it's called the Casket of Eternal Winters, and it's the source of their power. And when it is yeah. opened on a world, it it can immediately kind of terraform that world into the icy landscape of Jotunheim. So does it have any connection whatsoever to the Tesseract? I think that it is the same thing. No. I think we're supposed to believe that it's, well, maybe not the same thing. I think it's supposed to look similar to us. That's a question that I had after watching this yeah. because yeah. It, it looks, it literally looks like a box that holds the Tesseract. That's what I thought it was the, the whole time until he froze but the power yeah. of the power of the casket is totally different than anything we see the Tesseract do later. Well, and so let's talk about this because the Tesseract is one at the end of this movie. It's on Earth with yeah. Nick Fury. Right. There's no way that the Asgardians would give it to S.H.I.E.L.D. No. Yeah. So one, there are two different things. One of my big questions was in Odin's throne room uh, where or, uh, his treasury, it, his treasury, yeah. Yeah. where he has all of these different relics from different worlds. And apparently they're all powerful because right. Thor says like if they would have gotten one of these relics, it would have been terrible. And at the center is the, the casket of eternal. I'm going to say and Frost not the Giants. infinity gauntlet, <laughs> not the infinity gauntlet, not, not, not all of these incredible relics. And I felt like this casket was like not super powerful. I know. Yeah. Well, like, it was kind of Mr. That's, Freeze. That's the Reagan. curse of a long running series. Well, is that, that what makes me wonder has though, to escalate is we find out yeah. in, and I, I'm not sure if this was a retcon because they recognize the problem of that, but we find out in Ragnarok that the, most of the artifacts are fakes. Yeah. So I wonder if the, which I, like, I don't like, but yeah, I, I I kind of wonder if the casket of eternal winter is the only real thing down there. Like it if every, like if everything else is just like, see, you're always good at putting logic to what I think are mistakes. Yeah. But I respect you for that. Well, it's because I do get a little I bit of, it. I do get a little bit of like residual back end compensation from Marvel for doing yeah. all these things. Yeah, yeah, They've actually yeah, yeah, hired yeah, yeah, me yeah. to defend the integrity of their I universe. It. I get it. Wow, but that was man. one, that was one of the things that it didn't feel like that was a very powerful relic. I agree. Like it yeah. was, it was literally, <laughs> Mr. Freeze ray gun that could freeze people. Yeah, it's presented like, like it's the crown jewel of his treasury. Yeah, yeah. and you're like, watch this. 
frozen. Yeah. And then you're like, that, that, that's the biggest thing in the nine realms. Which, yeah. by the way, just to point out, when Heimdall's frozen, he breaks himself out of the ice later, so it can't True. be that powerful. Yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, who, who, who are we? Who are we? You know? <laughs> so we, uh, we see at the end, uh, Odin says that their king finally fell, and it's a flashback of him with his eye ripped out from yeah, the, which is dope. the years of battle. Laufey. Um, he's got his, his, what was it, a sword or staff. a staff at his throat, and uh, he surrenders. He takes the source of their power, and now they're lived in peace. You realize that he's telling this to a young Thor and a young Loki who are both born to be kings. He says, yeah. uh, you know, he says, when I'm king father, I will go to Jotunheim and I will, I will tear them to pieces. And he says, well, a good king, uh, what a does good he say? king does not seek out war, but, but is always, always prepared for it. For it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and he was like, I want to be king too. And he goes, you're both, you're both born to be kings, but only one can be on the throne you of Asgard. You little idiot. <laughs> like Which that's totally know. how that comes across to me. It's like, just like. Loki, it's not you. It, yeah. yeah. That vibe you, is so weird to me. I'm like, oh yeah, no, you're like, you're born to be a king. You won't be, but you like. And honestly, yeah. at a young age, Loki's temperament was probably a little bit better for King. Dude, yeah. 100%. That kid was like, I'm going to kill them all. And you're like, whoa, would, whoa. Would Loki have been a better, like had this movie played out differently. Would Loki have been a better king than Thor? That's one of the things like that I actually Loki love about Loki burned. is um, like Loki is such an interesting character because I do think that he is better suited for leadership than Thor is. I think that had things started out differently and Loki was the eldest rather than Thor. I think are that, they are is Thor older yeah. or are they both? Thor's older than Loki. I didn't. They said that. it. They I said it in this movie because um, I was shocked by it when I heard it this time. I always thought it was either that they were the same age or the opposite, where Loki yeah. is a little older. But no, Thor is huh. the oldest. Yeah. But um, I think if it was the other way around, where Loki was the oldest, that's what's so compelling about him to me. Is I do think he is almost a product of living in Thor's shadow. Oh yeah, um, 100%. which I mean they do address that. But I think even from a king, pers- like it's almost one of those things where it's like if 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 Loki had been king instead, I think he actually would have been a pretty benevolent and wise ruler. Yeah. But because of growing up in Thor's shadow, he became this like trickster and this angry person. And a seeker for attention. Yeah. Which is why later on, like he is such a valuable ally and such a horrible opponent as well. Yeah. 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 Let's keep talking through the plot of this movie because I can't wait until we get to grown up Loki and yeah. we can talk about Tom Hiddleston yeah. Yeah. because I love him. Well, so the, basically the next scene is we're at the coordination of Thor yeah. where he's going to become king. And this is where, this is the first scene where you you realize, other than him as a young kid. That they dyed his eyebrows blonde. Oh my, oh my goodness. Gosh. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. Because we need to talk about the eyebrows. <laughs> we don't uh, need to, There's nothing to discuss. It's awful. I just, I'm, I'm glad that they have since said like, okay, he can yeah. have dark eye- eyebrows and, you know, still have blonde hair. But this one, they were like, bleach, bleach. But it didn't yeah, even look, bleach. it was just yellow. Like it yeah. didn't even look it like. It wasn't blonde. It, it didn't didn't supposed look to look real. Like, like Icelandic almost, but it, yeah. yeah, it was but yellow. But I think even people who have blonde eyebrows and a blonde beard, don't have yellow eyebrows and a yellow beard. No, it, yeah, yeah it, Scandinavian is blonde, not like not Gatorade, cr- not color. crayon yeah. yellow, yeah, <laughs> not lime lime Gatorade. <laughs> Guys, this was almost my super dump. This was so distracting. Really? It, it was so it was, distracting. It was very distracting when he was getting interrogated by Shield because yes. that, that fluorescent light really yeah. brought it out. And I was yeah. like, oh, he looks like an a, he either. And I think so. You mentioned earlier, like how just young. Yeah, he looks like a baby movie. to me. In this and movie. I think part of what makes him look so young is that he he really looks like he has no eyebrows at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just looks like a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's at the coordination. That's, that's where you get through the first, uh, the first sense that he is a cocky D bag. He yeah, walks in like of. flipping the Super hammer, arrogant. flipping yeah. the hammer. What a he's jump. winking at his mom. Flipping I mean, the hammer sounds like a euphemism for middle finger. Just <laughs> FYI. Yeah. Uh, but I think he does that very well. When he winks at his mom, when he yeah, uh, when he flips the hammer, when he's like waving everybody, he does it really well. But you see, Odin is not happy with that. No, yeah. well, and it's 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 one of those things. I think that scene does a good job of first of all making us be like, uh, too much. Yeah, yeah. but also being like, that'd eh, be so charming. Though. Yeah, that little yeah. wink. Well, and, is the, so and let's good. talk about that because in this movie. Um, I heard I heard rumors that Anthony Hopkins thought that Chris Hemsworth was like not a good actor at all, hmm. and that he was overacting, and this was his first like big movie. Um, and I I definitely saw that. No, I did. And too. I felt like yeah, I was struggling between okay, what is this overconfident with a uh, a 
medieval dialect, mm-hmm. yeah. which just sounds cheesy. And what is bad acting? And I think a third category we can add to that is what is what is directing that is not suited for this type of movie. So Kenneth yeah. Branagh directed this, who is a Shakespearean director. Yeah. Like you hire Kenneth if you want that Shakespeare melodramatic, yeah. larger than life thing. And I was watching this feeling as though, because there are things in this performance that remind me a lot of Chris Hemsworth performance in Ragnarok, where it's like, he does have like, when he plays off Natalie Portman in the car, he does have really good, like comedic timing yeah, and like yeah. dialogue timing. And then we cut away from that stuff and it's just directed strangely. Yeah. Like I feel as though he was kind of held back by the direction. Okay. Yeah. So while, while we're talking about this, I'm just going to go ahead and throw out my super dump since we're here already. But, um, and I, I don't mind Kenneth Branagh, Branagh as an actor or director. Yeah. I, I really don't. His direction in this movie is my super dump. Yeah. He, so I agree about the overacting. I think that one of the things that they got right with Thor later was they stopped being afraid to point out how dumb he sounds in the modern context. Yeah. yeah. And so when he started to say weird things, people's reaction reactions to him were how I would react, which is what? Yeah. yeah. Why'd you say that? Just, you know, this drink. I like it. <laughs> and that's great. And yeah. that, there, that's there, a high there, point in this movie for him. In this one. And, and, but I think, they even later on got it right with even the little things that he says where he's like, you know, from, from, from where I have come. And it's like, nobody talks like that, man. Like just yeah, talk yeah. normal. And I think they became less afraid to point it out later. But for me, the most glaringly obvious painful direction choice in this movie, and this gets a little nitpicky, but it just frustrated me to know. Yeah, that's end, what we do is how many close up face only shots are in this movie with nothing for them to bounce off of with their acting. Mm-hmm. So you get these like shoulder to forehead up close, full screen shots of Chris Hemsworth's head, Natalie Portman's head, Anthony Hopkins's head, Tom <laughs> Hiddleston's head, Stellan's like just these heads yeah. trying to deliver these lines where there should be reactions and things to act off. And it is so unconvincing because it's a face. Speaking of, it's just a face. Speaking of strange camera choices, I want to go back and count. I want to watch this movie again and go back and count the number of Dutch angle shots. So a Dutch angle is when the camera is not perfectly horizontally level. It's tilted. Oh my gosh. This movie has the most Dutch angle shots I've ever seen in a movie. Like the camera is constantly tilted at about like 25 to 30 degrees. And it is so distracting. Yeah. Well, I think it makes, it makes the audience feel more like they're watching a movie and a hundred percent. It yeah. makes you feel more outside of the situation. Just, you're not, you don't feel like you're there. Well, you how often are you looking it. at things like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or this, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, talk to me about it again. Get right up in my face. So, yeah. yeah. I think you're right on the money. Strange directorial I just, choices. I found myself, especially at the fight in the New Mexico town. And they just kept being like far, far, far out shot where everybody's tiny. Boom. It's Chris Hemsworth's face. And he was just like, ah, and I was just like, Oh, give yeah. me something in between these things. Yeah. Give me That's something. Great. Let me watch them act against each other and with each and other. I think that yeah. is probably a shared fault of the director and editor and cinematographer. Yeah, I just, agree. just really the people responsible for turning these actors acting into a finished product. Yeah. Kind of missed the mark. Cause there's, yeah. there's too many, there's too many talented actors and actresses in this movie for it to come across as weird as it did in a lot of times. Like yeah. I should never look at Tom Hiddleston and be anything less than jaw on the floor because he's good. Yeah. And yet there were times where it was just like his chin and forehead are both cut off because of how close they are yeah. on his face. Yeah. And it, it was so unsettling to me watching this movie with yeah. those things. Um, and uh, so let's go. He's he we're at his uh, coronation. He's yeah. about to become king. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He says, do you swear to protect Asgard from all enemies? I swear. And then as he's making him king, you kind of get this look and the frost giants are going into his treasure room. Yeah. And he yeah. says, frost giants. And he bangs his uh, staff and a gigantic robotic. It's called the destroyer. Destroyer. Yeah. Comes out and kills the frost giants easily. Uh, then the next scene you have Odin, Thor, and Loki and they're sitting in the throne or, or standing in the throne room amidst dead frost giants. Thor says, we got to go and we have to teach them a lesson. They know that you're weak and I, I'm basically, I'm king now and I'm going to show, I'm going to show them a lesson. I'm going to, you know, show yeah. them who's boss. Loki basically say silent. Yeah. Odin says, no, this, this, this wasn't an, yeah. an attack from Jotunheim. This was an attack of a few rebels who tried to break in and they didn't get far. And he was like, they have to pay for what they did. They did pay with their lives. Yep. And Thor, next scene is with his friends and with Loki 
flipping out, literally flipping tables yeah. uh, because he wants to attack. Weird slow time. motion shot of a giant banquet table being flipped over. That was so clearly like four pounds. Yeah. When it hits the ground, it goes. Yeah. Anyway. And so he says, we ha- we have to do it. If, if the king's not going to do it, then we have to do it. So they go rogue uh, and we meet Heimdall. Heimdall rules. Love Heimdall. Heimdall was almost my super pump. Really? Yeah. He is incredible. I think he even gets better as the series goes on. He, he does. does. And the thing is, he has a scene in Age of Ultron for two seconds, and it's one of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah. yeah. But I would watch Idris a solo. I would watch casting. a solo movie of Heimdall. 100%. Heimdall, yeah. Eyes of the Lord. Especially post-Ragnarok Heimdall. Like, yeah. just like how dope he gets later oh on. Oh, man. Yeah. But so they go to Heimdall, and he says, you're going to the Frost Giants. Um, and he was like, yes, do you, are you going to stand in my way? And he goes, I want to know how someone, uh, slipped past my watch. Mm, so yeah. I'll, I'll send you guys there. Heimdall is basically the gatekeeper of the Bifrost of the Bifrost, yeah. which I, I want to point out. We got a wonderful email from Jordan green sharing his pumps and dumps. Yep. Thanks Jordan. Um, and he pointed out something that I'm not, not able to ignore at this point <laughs> is that all Bifrost scenes are instantly made better. If you hum the rainbow road theme from Mario Kart. <laughs> It's very so true. funny. I love that. Oh, and Again, Rain- thank you, Jordan. Rainbow Green for Road that. Between Realms. If we titled Ooh, our episodes, nice. if we titled our episodes like not the Silly movie stuff. title, yeah. that would be the title of this oh, episode. Yeah, for sure. Well, and the thing about uh, definitely the Rainbow Road, m- more so um, Asgard, but they really did a good job of grounding that, making it seem real, but also making it incredible. Because yeah. the Rainbow Road is the most comic booky. Like stupid thing that you would never. Well, I mean, put it's even movie. older than that. It's like that is straight out of Norse mythology yeah. of like that Thor and the gods walk to the earth on rainbows. And see that that sounds stupid. Yeah, yeah. and it if does. you told me Marvel's making a movie and and they're going to include that the rainbow road, I'd the be like, Bifrost? are you yeah. kidding me? But they made it so cool. They made it great. Yeah. yeah. So and I honestly pump. think the effect for it, not showing them being like. Whoa! <laughs> like flying through it it's so good or just yeah. like spinning like the Grinch going yeah. down like <laughs> the fact that they just chose to be like <laughs> and then they're yeah. there yeah. so much better because it's you can't take it seriously it's true when it's like, <laughs> like yeah. uh, and spe- with how many close-ups there were in this movie it is honestly a wonder that that is not how they showed it so Talk us through what happens when they get to Jotunheim and negotiations. Oh, but I guess please be quick about this. I don't like this part. Yeah. It's so boring. So I mean, we can speed through this part. Ba- basically, he Earth. goes to Jotunheim. Thor insults Laufey? Uh, Laufey. Laufey. Laufey Taufey. And Laufey <laughs> says, Say that Laufey Taufey. Laufey Taufey. Say that Laufey Taufey. Free. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Luffy's king of the frost giants. Yeah, sure. and basically says like, "Go now, while I let you go." And he walks away. And does he say like, "Little princess"? No, it's the guy behind him. He's like, "I'm back to you, daddy, little princess." I think I thought Luffy says <laughs> no. It. It's, oh, it's, it's one of the guys that was like stepping to him, and they were like, okay. whoa, 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 whoa. "Calls Thor, little princess," and in and the most Loki, in the weirdest Bronx accent yeah, for yeah. A frost giant. It's true. I love when Loki goes. Oh no! Yep. <laughs> yep. Like Thor's about to go crazy. So they all fight, and uh, they defeat. Here's what I'll Countless say. Frost the guys. fighting is cool. Yeah. So yeah. I will pump on the fighting. I'm going to dump on the entirety of the scene, though. We don't it's need so this. dumb. Yeah. And the what? Rancor is wait, wait, literally wait, 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 wait. in this. There's a, there, yeah. like, the monster is just like copy paste Rancor into Thor. It looks like a Rancor. But why, is it, why does this scene not matter? Because I think the scene is pivotal to him getting banished. He, I, he went rogue. He started a war between the Frost Giants. Which I don't had think years we need peace. any of this Asgard backstory. I think we show up on Earth and the, like, we start on Earth and the story plays out of like, this is a freaking weird guy. Is he really Thor? And we don't know if he's Thor until the warriors show up as he's fighting. Yeah. Like we don't, we really? don't need I, most I think of that, like that. I think that we could find out even through a shorter scene. I'm, I'm, I'm accepting the structure as it is. I wish it was different, but I'm accepting it as it is. They just spend so much time getting to why he was banished or not even why he was banished, but how yeah. I would prefer a quick how with a more long why. With an explanation of like, you have shown so much immaturity and so much, un- like so many unwise decisions See, I li- leading up to I this. I liked seeing that. I like seeing a, a a real depiction of his immaturity, his selfishness. Well, and I think I think the rashness. reason we're so split on this is because this movie is trying to tell like a couple of different stories. Like yeah. We have the story of fish out of water Thor on Earth. Mm-hmm. Which this, is, in my opinion, the most compelling part of the which story. Which is what the movie should have yeah. been, I think. And we have, we have the story of banished Thor regaining his worthiness that 
those seems, two tie together pretty seems well. Seems to tie together pretty well, yeah. but ultimately you have different villains in those stories. Sure. So Thor, fish out of water, Thor is Thor versus himself. Thor struggling to retain his worthiness. Ban- the story of banished Thor, the villain is Loki. Yeah. yeah. And then we have the story of Natalie Thortman <laughs> and them falling in love, which seems to integrate into the fish out of water story, but ultimately yeah. is the weakest story that we tell. Yeah. Yep. So I think that's why we can't decide if this scene belongs in the movie or doesn't belong in the movie is because yeah. we don't know which movie we're talking about. Sure. Yet. Let's get to Earth. That's the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, we're, so, so he's oh, banished. Odin shows, shows up and, and rips him from his power, banishes on, him onto Earth. Again, I do want to say that that fight scene is very cool. Yeah. Fight yeah. Scene's, I think that whole, that whole fight scene's great and very creative. Yeah. Yep. Um, but then he takes the hammer and says, whoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. Boom. Throws yep. it. Weirdly doesn't go with Thor. It kind of goes like 15 miles away is what they say, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, okay, whatever. Um, I guess it's pretty close in retrospect to nine miles all of to the, Earth. Yeah, all of yeah. the universe. Uh, so uh, he lands and we go back to the scene that we started at where he gets hit with a car. Yeah. And f- again, like, I think that this is the most compelling point in the story is who is this guy? What's he doing? I need my hammer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Breaks, so, out of the, breaks out of the hospital. Um, love it. I love mm-hmm. you get to see a little Chris Hemsworth butt cheek, which I'm super into. They <laughs> shoot him with that shot. He goes down. Yeah. Uh, super good. I think the tasing of him is very funny. I wish, <sighs> in my opinion, I think it's hilarious. And I wish that they had included a God of Thunder joke. Yeah. Right before he was tased. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just little electricity just takes <laughs> him down. Yeah. Funny. That's good. I can't help but think that later characterizations of Thor would have him say something like, I am the God of Thunder, you know, the storms and lightning bow to my mastery and then he gets tased. Yeah. Like that. And that's what I'm saying. Like directing, like you don't let comedic beats like that have time to breathe. I do think the tasing should not have, should have been Jane. I think we fold Darcy's character into Jane, remove the annoying stuff. I let's, hate, let's talk about this. I you, hate, you hate Darcy. Oh my gosh. Freaking <laughs> Dardar Binks in this movie <laughs> is the least appropriate comic relief that I've seen in a movie in a long time. I cannot stand her. I think she's so annoying. I don't, have <laughs> two X chromosomes, but on behalf of all of our listeners and all of the women that I know, I am offended at Darcy. I think she is like the worst character I in this movie. I don't think she's that think bad. So you guys are just wrong. She's horrible. I have seen far more like reductive stereotypes of women in far better movies. You know what I mean? Like I, I think that Darcy okay. as a whole is a why does Darcy? What is, why does Darcy exist in this? What does she add to the narrative? Comic relief. I Debatable. Think she, I, I didn't think she's at funny all. at a couple points. Yeah. I didn't. Ne- I never laughed. You didn't laugh when she called the hammer meow meow. No, I didn't because I was like, oh my gosh, she's so annoying. You didn't laugh when Jar Jar Binks got his tongue electrocuted by a pod racer. What's wrong with you, dude? I that's did clearly laugh, funny. Was the thing. Oh man, maybe that's why you think Darcy's <laughs> funny. I think. I think Darcy was supposed to be the voice of the audience that breaks the mold of the superhero movie and says like, he's got abs, which again, like, well, we don't yeah, need that. He's got it's, abs. it's, I'm not it's, saying whether we need it or we not, or, 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 or it, we it don't. Feels, has a stick up his Yoden Heine. <laughs> it feels goodness gracious. It feels again, like she's a character that exists because the movie is so afraid to take itself seriously. See, I she, might agree with that. I think she's a character that exists for the same reason. But I don't that, hate the character that take Watiti's character exists in green lantern. Where it's like, you're the superhero. Don't, don't they always get, get a girl? girl? Like, we uh. have, she doesn't. <laughs> we don't need Darcy on screen to call out, oh, Thor's got abs. Thor's pretty hot. Do we need to give Thor CPR? Because he's really cute. Like, we don't need that. In the same way that we don't need the movie to go, I get it. It's a rainbow bridge. I'm sorry. I think like, you're thinking about your needs here and not thinking about the fact that she was getting six college credit hours for her work with Jane. <sighs> I, I just... <laughs> Guys, Darcy was almost my super dumb. Really? Yeah. I, can, I, can I, I couldn't that. tell. I, goodness <laughs> gracious. I cannot. And I mean, this is probably the first strong opinion we've put down, uh, we've put into the tape of our recordings. Um, ever. Ever. Yeah. Okay, we typically yeah, yeah. don't have yeah. strong opinions at no, all. No, no, no. Um, but I'm going to go on record and say Darcy is the worst part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> no. Whoa. I would rather watch a Malekith the Dark Elf solo movie than see Darcy in another scene in this franchise. <laughs> you're, you're crazy, man. You ain't mine. I mean, I, 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 she think, doesn't me. I think me and Jordan are on the same page in the sense of like, we're not like, Darcy, yeah. Darcy. However, if she never shows up again, I'm fine. But she so tell me more about why you guys me. are team Darcy and I'm team Jane. <laughs> because we have respect for women. Oh! I'm barely team no, Jane, though, is the thing. Yeah, so yeah. let's talk about Natalie Portman in yeah. this movie. 
I feel like she really had nothing to do. She didn't. I think Jane is a compelling character when Thor is not on the screen. And then as soon as Thor's in the picture, she just is falling to pieces over him yeah, and like I, ha- demonstrates no real reason for there to be I'd attraction. I was about and to say, let's be very clear though. <laughs> yeah. If he came up to me and kissed my hand, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, sure. That is, <laughs> that is my super dump for this movie. Really? How reductive the character that is. Like she, she feels like she honestly, I don't even know how to articulate it. It's, it's so disappointing to me to see that, She's such a strong character and has goals and has things that she wants to accomplish. Until Thor's on the screen. And then as soon as Thor's on the screen, all that forgets and all she wants to do is be a wife to Thor. No, I think she wants to use Thor to find answers. I think so. I think that's what it should be. I think that's what they're trying to tell us, but I don't know if it was the directing. I don't know if it was maybe a revision in the script. Like she should have been, exactly what you said, using Thor to find answers, but- Instead, she's she's just like falling to pieces and well, worshiping. The, the him problem is that he makes her horny. Did you say thorny? So horny. Oh, that's funny. Thor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. But I, I, again, I think I think that's good because she says we don't know what that was. Let's talk to the person that came out of it. Yeah, because they they see his shadow was in that uh, tornado. Again, yeah, it really tornado. felt like they couldn't decide between like. So should Jane like? have a reason to be in this movie or should she just fall in love with them? And they're like, Let's again, do both. Yeah. Don't you want them to do both? Would you rather her like have no attraction to Thor? I would rather it not come up in this movie. Yeah. I think I would rather her have the attraction, but not do anything about it. Considering again, they know each other and are on the same plane of existence for roughly 72 hours. My ideal version of the like story is a, almost more of a fish out of water romantic comedy where Thor gets to know humanity through, through Jane. Jane. And I, I, I can get that. <laughs> so it's Tarzan. So it's Tarzan. <laughs> with, with the story that we're given to me, it would be far more compelling if his whole motivation was getting back his hammer. That was it. Her whole motivation was getting answers. And somehow through that, they still ended up. I feel like we got that. I don't know, man. I don't feel that we did. I, I do. I feel like there was a, a romance shoehorned in rather than naturally developing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Again, 72 hours, like, I, I've I don't know if I can develop enough feelings to like anything in seventy two hours. Okay, but imagine <laughs> that, that maybe Chris Hemsworth. It took me a full week to decide if I liked Star Wars: or The Last Jedi. I couldn't <laughs> decide that I'm in love with somebody after seventy two hours. But I don't, I don't know if you, they would say they're in love. Mm, David, I think they. Totally I mean, would. I think they because might use those words. <laughs> I, might, I might use those. Jane's words. whole reason she continues her research theme of this movie. Her whole reason for doing so is to back. see Thor again. Yeah. I just want to do anything I could to see And he keeps again. going off and staring into the distance and uh, he says, he misses her. He, he misses her. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Like they, they don't demonstrate any sort of connection. I'm just not there. You guys. Why does, why does Thor love Jane more than he loves Lady Sif, his childhood best friend who has the same, that's a good question. The same cultural values that he does. And she clearly is crushing on. She's clearly into him. That's yeah. True. She spends the whole a, movie just like, mm, that's don't the worry. best point you've made about the whole Jane situation so far. Oh, well, it's Dash, but thanks. I'll take the credit for it. <laughs> I meant you, you guys as a team. We'll share it as chunks. We'll share it. Well, so, uh, the hammer is basically locked in the ground. Yeah. Only someone who's worthy can pick it up. I love the scene where everyone from the town is trying oh my to pick gosh, it up. Dude. That's so great. Because that is Huge exactly what would happen. Me. Huge yeah. pump from me. And Stan Lee's cameo is the guy yeah. who's short and sweet. It's yep. perfect. It's great. And it rips off the entire bed of his truck. Yep. So funny. And then you say like, did I get it? Yep. <laughs> did I get it? Oh, yeah. and, and like all the guys like grilling hot dogs and just drinking beer around. It's perfect. Like that's <laughs> yep. exactly. And, and if I lived out there, you bet I'd be out there. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> just strong man challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Thor hears about it and says, we got to go to it. But they said the government's taking it all over. Yep. And this is where we really see S.H.I.E.L.D. has the biggest part of any MCU movie so far. Yeah. Yeah, and we catch up to the end credit scene from Iron Man 2, where yep. Coulson finds the hammer and then they build the S.H.I.E.L.D. complex around it. Yeah. Yeah. And so S.H.I.E.L.D.'s almost uh, portrayed as a, as a bad guy or as a villain for a lot of this movie. Like they're. I well, think yeah. through Thor's misunderstanding. For sure. Which is cool. And they're both misunderstanding each other. Yeah. But to us, the main character is Thor. And Shield is in opposition. Yeah, they're yeah. stealing Jane's research. They're guarding the hammer. They're sending men to you know. So that's another Thor. another unclear line of conflict. Yeah, in this movie. I guess you could say and, that. In in are we are we talking about the scene where Thor is like going to about get the hammer? Mm-hmm. So so let me go ahead and just hit hit this. Not my uh, super pump necessarily, but a huge pump for me is the the introduce introduction. Good grief, of Hawkeye. 
I forgot he was in this because he has so little place so in this narrative. As the MCU, I think it was just supposed to be a cameo. Has grown. Hawkeye has become one of my favorite returning like team members. Yeah, I love yeah, him. Great. I love Jeremy Renner. I think he is perfect. Yeah. And so this quick introduction of him. Mostly because of what I know Hawkeye turns into for the team, yeah. but also just because of how cool he is in this scene of just like, oh, here's a billion guns. Let me grab this bow and arrow. Yeah. And just up on this crane. I don't know. I loved it. Uh, I remember even the first I think time we should, like, who's I think, that guy? It's Hawkeye. I think if there was some sort of demonstration of his proficiency, yeah. it would be, yeah, he would, it would that. feel more like he had a place in this narrative. As of right now, it feels like, uh, it kind of his presence in this movie almost feels like Wonder Woman watching Justice League trailers in Batman. A hundred percent, it's yeah. a Zack Snyder esque yeah. Easter well, egg where it's just like, see that guy. And he, here's what I love: I love the I love the line where he says like, "You want me to fire?" Because I'm starting to root for this guy. Yep, total total Hawkeye. Yeah. Characterizing what I think well, he should have done is said, "Okay, detain him," and yep. he fires ten arrows and locks like Thor's shirt to a mm-hmm. wall and you yeah, just, yeah, yeah. and you see the proficiency of how, how good he is. Yep. Yep. That would be my fix for that. Cause I, I do like that. It's just, it's just a cameo. Me too. Like, let's get on with the thing. And, I, and I love, I love that line that you just brought up. So, I think it's the perfect, like, ah, uh, he's pretty cool. Yeah, Imagine- Hawkeye is a, a witty, just like kind of jerk at times, but well, a lot great. of the times he's playing the straight man for the audience to relate to. We'll get into that later. Yeah. Imagine in the Doge director's cut of this movie, when <laughs> Jane tases Thor at the beginning and Thor says thunder and lightning bow to my mastery. And then he gets zapped by lightning. Yeah. Imagine if we have another moment here where Hawkeye shoots him with an electric arrow and he goes down like a tased arrow and he goes down. It becomes a three beat at that point. We establish that lightning can hurt him. We reinforce the lightning can hurt him. And then in the end, when he gets his power back and he controls lightning, we subvert our lightning expectations. With or Thor. someone else tries to electrocute him and instead it makes him stronger. Yeah. Or, or, or hear me out when, when, when Hawkeye shoots him with this electric arrow that we're making up, he goes down to his knees and he looks straight into the camera and goes, zap, ouchie, and yeah. then falls backwards. And it see, would be awesome. Well, I forgot to say that. Yeah, but that's <laughs> obviously, I mean, you can't have that scene without that moment. Or he just goes, and then falls. It'd be yeah. so sick. Yeah. So he gets, uh, well, so he, he basically, he gets into the center of that gigantic tent and starts to pull on the hammer, hoping that it's going to have his power again. Can I pump on the way that whole setup looks? It's the coolest looking like government pop-up operation yeah, I've seen good. in a movie. It is good. It's like, <laughs> and Colson says, I want to, I want to see this. Yeah. yeah I want to see Which this. I love. And he realizes he can't, can't do it, so Shield comes in, detains takes him, him down, takes him down, puts him in a side room. Meanwhile, uh, Odin or Loki is going into the uh, treasury room because in the fight scene in at Jotunheim, a frost giant touched his arm and it weren't went blue. But we saw frost giant touch somebody else's arm and it burned them. So, so he realized something was different. This culminates in the reveal that Loki is half frost giant. He's Laufey's son that Odin adopted after yeah. the war. Huge dump on this for me. Yeah, it's so a stupid. big dump. We There's don't need no this. no reason for this. It never comes back once later. Yeah. It's, it's true. It's, it's used in this movie and then they just it's, throw it's it to the wind. It's abandoned. It, is, it has I no think purpose. It, I, I, I like it in this movie. Why? Because I think <laughs> you need to have, or not need to have, but what they did is they made Loki torn. Torn between not only, you know, Thor's the one that's favored and I'm not, but now he says I'm I'm a part of a different race. I'm a part of a different culture, but I've been raised in this culture. So I'm born to be a king. I know that. Do I have allegiance to Asgard or do I go and be a See, king? I would argue I think, that you don't need that. I think you do need that if his allegiance becomes Frost Giants at the end. Yeah, if, if it affects anything. So this true. exists to trick the audience. Whenever he invites the Frost Giants in at the end of the movie and then double crosses them yeah. to make it look like he saved Odin's life, that is the the culmination of this reveal that he's half Frost Giant. This element only exists to make the audience believe that he's siding with the Frost Giants. Yeah. I think since he ends up siding with Asgard, let's just have him feel snubbed by Asgard. Well, I don't Completely think so agree. because he when he invites them to to Asgard and says you can kill Odin he says so I can be king yeah of Asgard yeah so he's chosen Asgard yeah but then you realize he double crossed them so that he would get the praise of Asgard for right. these people that broke so in where, so tell, like tell me where in this does he have to be part frost giant for that to work 
That's a good point. The, it, because, there's no purpose. Well, and here's the thing. He did not know that he was part Frost Giant, and they don't, like, that's not necessary for them to believe him and trust him, because he didn't know that he was part Frost Giant. And he and never reveals it to them. neither did they at the beginning that's of the movie point. when he let the Frost Giants into Asgard the first time. That's so a good point. They, it doesn't affect anything. It's not. He's not yeah. like, I'm one of you, so trust me. Yeah. It never comes back. So during this scene, whenever he's yelling at Odin and he finds all this stuff out, Odin falls into the Odin sleep. Yeah. Just happens to fall into the Odin sleep while he is arguing with Loki. It I seems to be thought it was like a stress induced Odin sleep yeah. kind of a situation. And they said that he's been putting off, putting it off for so long that it just caught up with him. It doesn't seem to be caused by anything Loki's doing. I didn't read it as a stress induced one. Even if it is, I, that just works out. So like Loki is presented to us as somebody who has this huge master plan. But as we watch this movie, we realize Loki doesn't have a huge master plan. He it just, just luck. is very yeah. quick on his feet. Yeah. Well, which I, I really like. I mean, it's it's cool that's to show kind of his thing. Cool to, co- cool to show a character. Cool <laughs> to go. Yeah, cool to show a character with great competence in that area. Yeah, but he is the antagonist of our B plot. Yeah, like the most that's interesting true. character in this movie is a side antagonist. Yeah, that's a great point. That's, that that is a really good point, and I'll take this opportunity to say Loki is my super pump. Loki is my super pump as well. Super duper pump, Jordan. <sighs> Unfortunately, I have to say that Loki is my super pump. Super duper yeah. pump. Of course. I mean, yeah, he's the best part of this movie. How can he not? I mean, who's watching this movie and being like, ah, that Loki guy, get rid of him. What? And, and in that scene where he realizes he is a frost giant, regardless of whether that should have been in there or not, when he says, tell me. Yeah. yeah, see that yell. He's like, he's like marching forward. Oh, oh my gosh, oh. that yell seemed to be the epitome of the bad directing to me. That what? moment, that moment when he yells, "Tell me," I was just shut like, up. No, no, shut up. I think that's great. Like that. That's the best. I really don't like movie. that. Moment. I think it's great. He has two lines where he says, "Tell me," or when he says, "Is it? Is it?" Where I was like, "This I dude buy it can more. act." I buy it more on the second. Is it? I think if I were directing this movie, I would have told him instead of screaming, "Tell me." Bring it, like, bring it down. He's not angry at this point. He's terrified. Nope, nope I love it. That's I, my favorite. I agree. I, lo- I love line. the yell. I love the, like, slow march forward to dad of just, like, like, why didn't you tell me? Like, what's this all about? You hate me. Like, you just took me as a trophy. And, I love that. And again, it, it does, I, I guess you could say it doesn't need to be, he doesn't need to be a frost giant, but he says, like, that's why you always favorite Thor, because you couldn't have a frost giant on the throne of Asgard. Yep. So it brought, it brought more reality to the fact that he's not just the younger. Okay, I'm still going to disagree with you on that because I yeah. I think that whole plotline is really d- I'm I'm like with you on the like liking it, but yeah, like yeah. that part's done. So like don't yeah. rope me into that. <laughs> also, <laughs> you know, we're in this together. We're for it's sure, really for sure. really lucky that Odin happened to grab like a runt frost giant that grew up to be roughly the same size as a human. <laughs> no. yeah, like, like what like <laughs> what if what if Loki was growing and grew up to be like 11 feet tall like yeah, the frost well, giant. So for, so in the way that Loki turns blue when a frost giant touches him. Does that mean that humans touch turns him regular? So if he touches a turtle, is he green? Like, is that he a was one thing they so. didn't understand. Like, why? Why when oh, that's Odin, the only part of it you didn't get? <laughs> well, it was the it was the one part that that wasn't logical in their world. Which it's just was, technology we don't understand yet. David. Maybe it was, but when Odin grabs the baby and the baby turns human, I was like, wait. Here's what I here's here's what could make this okay, and then I'm done talking about Loki being a frost giant because we still have to get through the final battle and all that stuff. What they could do for me that would be okay with this as sort of a retcon is to later at some point find out that Loki was not part frost giant, but that his um, illusion magic was already working at such a young age that he had maybe been taken by the frost giants and used that to blend in and seem normal. Mm. I could I could see that. I just wish they'd not included this because that's additional. Oh, I completely agree. That's additional information that we've got to carry as the audience. I completely agree. But to me, that that is a way that they could write this off as still plot sensitive, but not as dumb as it is, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. So Loki goes to, th- goes to Thor, who's trained up in the shield uh, facility and says, I'm king now and I, I can't bring and you back. Odin's dead. This is, a, yeah. this is the final goodbye. So Thor's going to stay on earth. Yep. Uh, my super dump is when Eric Selvig comes and says, steroids, he's a nut. He's, yeah. a, he's a great scientist. It's let him go. Junkie. And yeah. they let him go. Why would they do but that? They, because See, I didn't have a problem with that. It comes up, like when they call his idea up, it comes up and says, warning, falsified information. They and know. So, Coulson knows he's Thor. I think Coulson's so I think following they, a hunch. They let him go, so they're like, we're just going to follow him because he's going with... And they followed him... To this battle of El Paso? Well, they go take all, they go, uh, 
they, they've already taken. No, they've already stuff. Taken oh yeah, at that stuff. point they have already taken all the stuff, haven't they? But she's the lead, like the most qualified person about these interdimensional about the Bifrost essentially. So they're letting obviously letting him go back to her. So that he can, so that she can continue her work. And I think they saw that he couldn't get the hammer and was brought down by like mortal people. So I think that their thought process was probably, he's not, he's probably dangerous, but he's less dangerous than he would be with the hammer. So we're going to let him go and see if we can follow any, that's how I interpreted it. it. Yeah. And that also doesn't make sense. There's a scene. I don't know if it was in the movie or in the, I think it was in the trailer, but he was like, you made a bunch of my men who are highly trained. seals, And he's like, you made them look like a bunch of boy scouts. So it clearly his he his thought process isn't like well he's not super dangerous like no he just told him like yeah super, he was like what do you i think what you know, we're supposed to believe you is iraq that you know when they yeah. see because there's a beat when they see the falsified information colton colson appears to like mull it over and then let him go i think we're to assume that that colson wants to follow that's him. how i interpreted it yeah, yeah. I, just, I didn't see it and it i didn't, didn't see the follow through yeah. i didn't see the follow through of it i, I see that but uh, so then we have the Battle of El Paso, where Thor realizes he's on Earth, Albuquerque, or not Albuquerque? Albuquerque? It's Mexico. just it's like New Mexico, Puerto, Puerto something in New Mexico, Puerto something in New Mexico, and that looks like the biggest just set design of a 1950s cowboy movie. <laughs> like everything seemed fake in that town. Yeah, it, it, it especially it felt in that like, battle scene. It felt like a Paramount backlot or like a yeah. like a Disney town in like Old West Village and Six Flags well, or something. Old West World, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, or not Old West World. That would be more problematic the the town bothers me less than i hate the destroyer i'm just gonna yeah. I hate the destroyer there. too there's no point yeah why Except, is he, why is he the most powerful thing love the joke about is this one of tony stark's love it i think it's so great when it first yeah. appears well, and he's like this one's one of stark's i got it. Stark's, he's like hey you can't be here man like that kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. And lasers he's like nope not stark yeah i thought that was um, funny that I joke hate, is funny hate i the hate that the laser comes out of the destroyer's face the whole face the entire and face also apparently loki is controlling it psychically yeah. through the face, but isn't in it. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. I hate the destroyer. Yeah. The one thing I like about this sequence is Thor's genuine apology to his brother. Like yeah. he walked up to the destroyer apologizing, saying I've been arrogant. I've been reckless and owning his mistakes. And then says, kill me. And then says, kill me, which, okay. What is Thor's sin that causes unworthiness? Like what makes him get banished? I assumed that it was selfishness in his actions, probably. And selfishness and immaturity. Okay. Would you say that it's a lack of bravery? Because no. I wouldn't. I no. think Thor is plenty brave, yeah, like brave not, to a no, fault. It's yeah. not a weakness of his. Then why is it his bravery? It's not. I think it's his selflessness. It's I, his selflessness? I yeah. think it's I think it's him saying kill kill, kill me, me because them. I'm I'm who you want, so just go ahead and kill me and leave them alone. Yeah. Like you're you're not here to kill them. You're here to kill me, so just go ahead and do it. Yeah. That's how I interpret it. It just feels like there's a bit of a mismatch between like there's not a clear like this is what he did wrong. And so to rectify it, he does this to be worthy. You well, know what it's I mean? because they chose to have that moment with a with a faceless, voiceless antagonist in the middle of a town square. Yeah. Instead of somebody that could communicate back to him. Loki heard him but didn't say anything. Yeah. So he's just fighting with this giant metal suit of armor. And it was a proposed sacrifice, not an actual sacrifice. Yeah. I think he well, should have actually no, because he literally said, kill me. And then the Loki was like, Hate, Boom. hate that. Hate the turnaround Stupid. slap. But turnaround I think we we're supposed to interpret worst. that in his mortal body, the slap basically killed him and he was on his way no, to he, death. No, he did. But again, to me, that's a proposed sacrifice. And then he's like, fine, I'll, I'll backhand you, kill you. When in reality, I think it would have been more powerful if it was almost something more like Man of Steel where he's about to kill, not maybe not one family, but a ton of people and Thor takes it. Yeah. And sacrifices himself and then gets resurrected by the power of Yeah. Daniel. So anyway, through some circumstance that is not really clear in the movie, Thor regains his worthiness, gets Mjolnir back, yep. destroys the Destroyer. Once he gets the hammer back, I do like that scene. Like yeah. that end of that scene when he just like yeah. spins roughly 30 seconds tearing it to pieces and then it's done. That whole fight scene with the Destroyer was almost my super dump because I completely lost interest. Mm, we don't need it. We don't need that's that That's the thing. Well, that, I think that's why I like it when the hammer comes back because it's almost over. There's like a, there's like 30 seconds left. Yeah. He yeah. hits it a couple times and then yeah. takes it up. We, the, we need to yeah. see the fight with him and Loki. We don't need to see it with completely him and the Destroyer. Completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. So act three is over. Our internal conflict of Thor's unworthiness is resolved. Now we yeah. get to move to act four. The external conflict and the end of our B plot, which is Loki's plan to take over Asgard. So right. we get back to Asgard, talk us through what happens. Well, and this is this is the best fight scene in the movie for me because we've always talked about superhero fight scenes at the end of the movie. They can't just be punch, punch, but there has to be a story behind it. And there was a big story behind it. Yes. You understood uh, Thor's reasoning for not mis- mistrusting yeah. Loki and saying to his mom, tell her what you did, that you 
manipulated the entire system, that you're, you've been a, a lying king, that you've... Not a lion king, a lying king. <laughs> a lying king. Um, and you understand why Loki wants to kill Thor because basically he knows. Yeah. So like, I loved this fight scene. Yeah, and you understand the consequence if our hero fails, yeah. which I think is important. Yes, that, that's a great point. Um, and basically the, the end of the fight scene... I'll, I'll 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 pump on one part of the fight scene, which I love that they use, which is he puts the hammer on Loki's chest. Oh, it's chest. so yeah, good. that was great. And he can't move. That I love great. that. So Loki's plan is to destroy Jotunheim by just opening the Bifrost on it and letting it consume the planet. Yep. Yeah. And Thor defeats him by breaking the Bifrost and cutting himself off from Jane. How so do we sacrifice feel about number that? two, I guess. Um, again, I don't really care because him and Jane have known each other for 72 hours. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know why I'm supposed to care that this is supposed to be a, like a big emotional moment and it completely fell it was, flat for well, me. And for I me. think us knowing that, Oh, not for me. I think, I think me. us knowing that Avengers was coming up. Cause at that point that was clearly what they were heading towards. It was like, well, he's going to go back with this post credit scene. Yeah. He's going to go back to earth. So separation, physical separation is not nearly as compelling as like, a death or something or like a breakup or something like yeah. I'd rather have some sort of emotional disconnect than a physical disconnect. I think that's more compelling when theoretically Thor could just hammer fly through space until he got back to earth. I think there's a version of this movie that exists in the back of my mind where Thor doesn't go to earth at all, where it's just all on Asgard and we get rid of all the unnecessary. I haven't fleshed out that idea, but I think there's a way you can make this work without having to introduce all of the earth stuff. See, I don't, I don't love Asgard that much. I think, I think earth is the most compelling part of the story. Then we need to change Loki into the villain of the earth plot. I agree. So that Tom Hiddleston has a reason to be in this movie. I yeah. agree. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, and, and for me making this a romantic movie, I, I bought into it. Um, but when he's destroying the Bifrost, therefore never going to, because that's what Loki screams out. You're never going to see her again. I wish I thought that was true. Mm. If this was a standalone movie and I realized this is the end and he's not going back to earth, this is a sacrifice he's making to save the Frost Giants who are evil. Maybe not all of them, but you know, for the most part, he's going to save them and sacrifice his own love. So, But I never bought that. Yeah, I don't buy that he learns the value of the lives of frost giants he doesn't know by spending a long weekend with an astrophysicist on Earth. Completely agreed. So Thor destroys the Bifrost, never going to see Jane again. Yep. And Thor basically tries to apologize to... Or Loki... They, they both exchange words. Um, Loki says, I'm not worthy of this. And basically rolls off the broken Bifrost to his death. Thor catches him. Odin catches Thor. They're hanging. Uh, I like didn't care for this element. Monkeys in a barrel. And uh, Loki says, I'm going to fly you fools. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. I would but, way have rather than the human chain where they all catch each other, like the, the monkeys in a barrel, like you said, Loki rolls over. Thor goes to look for him and Loki's gone. Yep. Mm. way better and even then we don't have the weird effect of Tom Hiddleston fall, like shrinking into a yeah, vortex we, would, we wouldn't know where he went <laughs> yeah we would happens. have no idea again I hate that effect in anything yep. especially when it's yep. Tom Hiddleston bink like, yeah, like you know what I mean blink. I don't know yeah. it looks it looks no better than when Luke falls down the the shaft in the Empire Strikes Back yeah but there's only about 40 years separating those two I know that's the crazy <laughs> thing well and so Loki is presumed dead yeah uh, later uh, Thor has a conversation with his dad, Odin, where he basically says, I'm not ready to be king. Like, I, I, I've realized that now. I have a lot to learn. Yeah. Um, and, and then Odin again says, you're right, you're not king. <laughs> <laughs> and I take from you your power. He's like, no, <laughs> not a kid. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. And a black circle closes on Thor's face. <laughs> yep. um, but they talk about Loki's death. And this is a big dump for me in the MCU, which is there's not a ton of problems with the MCU. It's obviously incredible. But one of the things that they've done multiple times, which we'll get to, is they kill off characters, lead us to believe they're dead, and they come back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. They do that. And, and what, it, what it is actually doing is it is putting distrust. It cheapens, it's cheapening. It, it cheapens oh, death. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, it cheapens every death. Well, and here's the thing. If I see a death in the MCU, I don't buy it. Mm-mm. I'm like, that's why, probably that's coming why back. nobody believes Quicksilver is really dead. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers well, and, for Age of Ultron. <laughs> yeah. And that's why they, there was a, 
uh, a rumor that they shot a scene with him at the end when they said Avengers Assemble. Yeah. They shot a, a, a scene where he was in it. So they were thinking like, is he really going to die or did he just take a ton of bullets and he'll come back somehow? I don't know. When he so, comes back, we will not have seen that coming. Yeah. Um, That's why, and this is just, you know, kind of a Babe Ruth calling a shot, even though I didn't make these movies. But that's why I, I really think we're coming up on something huge that is going to permanently kill off one or multiple huge characters it's in true. this franchise. I so. And I think, like you said, it would be more powerful if a ton of other characters didn't die and then weren't dead. But yeah, I think that will enough. be the intention. I think the intention will be to prove, like, we're not playing around. Like, it's there. This person's really I'm, dead. I'm, I'm in for it. I yeah. still think it cheapens it a little bit. I think so, too. No, yeah. I mean, it's it's... That's irreversible. Yeah. The fact that they've already done the damage with like killing off too many people and then changing their minds. But I will say at least in Thor, it was immediately revealed that he was not dead. It's true. That's yeah. a great point. So speaking of future movies, we get our post credit scene, which teases the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Selvig shows up at a shield facility. Nick Fury has a briefcase, opens it to reveal a glowing tube, which looks too much like the casket of eternal winters yeah. and confuses the audience. Mini frost giant. Yeah. And so then uh, uh, Fury says, we would love you to take a look at this. And yeah. then Selvig influenced by an invisible Loki says, I think it's worth a look. And yeah. then cut to black. Okay. Call me crazy. I think it would have been better if it was Loki as Selvig and not Selvig being influenced by Loki. I think it would just be better if he was like, okay, see you later. And then walk down the hall and then it was Loki all of a sudden. Yeah. Did, did they, did they establish that Loki could do that in this movie? I've never no. seen that. Cause he, and did, I don't he, think we've seen it since he, well, he did it in he Thor Ragnarok. He was Odin. Remember? Yeah. And then he, completely Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, and then yeah. He was Captain America. For oh that wait, scene. sorry. Let me back that up. Yeah. yeah. Yes. They've established that he, uh, shapeshift. They haven't shown it or necessarily said that, but they he just becomes he, intangible for that minute when the frost giant like dives through him yeah. at the beginning. In the yeah. Sequence. So he projects himself I, out. I knew that, but then they later made yeah. it possible for him to, Oh, he totally does. Shapeshift. I thought you meant, have they established that he can stand invisibly no, next to yeah, somebody and be that. like, yeah, but I think, I think I'm with minds. you. He should have been Selvig and then shapeshifted yep. out of himself, but I don't think they decided that he could do that. Yeah. And then we'd have to re we'd have to rework Avengers because they need to be separate characters in that movie. What do you mean? Selvig and Loki. Yeah. No, I think we yeah. establish that they are separate characters. He's what I'm saying Selvig is, because is huge in the Tesseract. Selvig, yeah. Selvig, this like real Selvig can't not be involved with the Tesseract. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. I'm with you yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. I got what you're saying. Anyway, we, yeah. that's this movie. We've exhausted it. Yeah. We've said the things that we say about movies. For all in sure. all, a pretty disappointing post credit scene, by the way. Yeah. yeah. They didn't even explain what, like, there was no, like, hey, by the way, this is something called the Tesseract, and it's going to be huge. It was just like, yep. here's a glowing blue thing that's probably the same thing we just yep. did. Yep. It would have, even if Fury was like, we're working on a team to handle this thing, but they need to know what it is. There you go. We know it's the Avengers now. Yeah. Like, we yeah. know that that's something. But. Did he say something about, like, try and get word back to Thor or anything like that? I don't no. remember. No, yeah, no, it doesn't make sense it to should, me. It should have been yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Just yeah. saying, like... What's up, guys? Yeah. And we would have been like, yeah, it's him again. I love it. Yeah. Or if Fury was like, we need your help with two things. One is this cube. Two, we think we might need your friend. Three, maybe, maybe tell, maybe tell Jane to get a better intern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but set time, right? It set is. Time. It's that rating time. It's rate o'clock. Time. So, uh, well, we here at Two Chunks and a Hunk have come up with our own perfect rating system. It's yep. the Scientific Cinema Scale. Uh, we're super excited about it, trying to get a patent locked down, so don't steal our IP, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, uh, we're going to read that out to you right now, and then we're going to rate this movie. So uh, here we go. The best thing that we could possibly say about any movie we watch is uh, own it, don't lend it, buy that poster. Uh, the next best thing that we could say, just buy it, you know, have it in your home permanently. Uh, the next best thing that we could say is rent it digitally or otherwise if like family video is still around you. Don't don't own it necessarily, but drop a couple bucks. It's worth it. The next best thing that we could say about a movie is to stream it. Uh, don't necessarily spend extra money on it, but if it's available on a streaming service, go for it. Uh, right after that, the next best thing or the second worst thing that we can say about a movie is forget it. What that means is that overall you're better off if you just kind of forgot this movie existed. Uh, and then last... And certainly least, the worst thing that we could ever say about a movie. God, God hath forsaken, forsaken us. us. Yeah, no, I knew that was coming up. I knew that was coming. But uh, anyway, that's our that's our scale. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. This movie is an easy stream it for me. Okay. Don't pay money for this movie. I would say forget it 
if the Avengers wasn't essentially an Iron Man sequel set in the Thor universe. Yep. Like, if we didn't need to know who Loki was for the Avengers, I would say forget this movie. And Thor escalated everything yeah. to get to Avengers. Mm. Just the the idea of Thor. Yeah, I think I'll, uh, honestly, that's just about what I was going to say, but I think better put, probably. Um, you were going to say it better than I did? No, you better. That's a no, little presumptuous, you, no, you put it better than I it's was going to. a little presumptuous, to. Thornton. Okay. It's, uh, I'm going to give it a stream it uh, with with a teeter-totter towards forget it, but but stream it just because of how integral it suddenly becomes. Yeah. Yeah. As well, I will give it a stream it. <gasps> we just super de duper streamed this movie. <laughs> um, Streamer de yeah, I think I think you said it. I, would, I wouldn't necessarily rent it, but if it was on Netflix and someone hadn't seen it, I'd be like, let's watch it. It's good. You need to know the character Thor. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think we pretty much have exhausted this. I don't know. Do either of you have anything? I don't you want think to close there's anything I, I haven't said. No, I've said every single word that I know. I think so Except too. the fact that the hammer looks dope. The hammer does look cool. Well, um, before we finish and sign off for this episode, we do want to give a couple of shout outs. Uh, we want to shout out, first of all, Jordan Green, once again, for emailing us his pumps and dumps. Uh, that's super awesome. So if you're super a listener, fun. please do that because we love that. And we might even read something off and give you some credit on the show. That is two chunks um, and a hunk at gmail.com. Perfect. Also, be super rad if you guys want to start sending uh, synopses, plot oh, summaries, yeah. like if, a three-sentence summary. Yeah. We'd love to read some of those out. Yeah, that would be great. So yeah. please do that. But Jordan Green, thank you for that. And then uh, we also want to get a, give a shout out to Alden De Armas and Colton Kingston uh, for shouting us out. Hashtag official chunky on social media. Uh, yeah. Don't forget uh, if you want to get a shout out on an episode, uh, hashtag official chunky, talk about the show, tell people to watch it, spread the good news. Yeah. The good tidings that we bring of mm-hmm. movie madness. Uh, we're trying to to get people to, to listen to what we have to say. Cause well, it's not really important. Is it? <laughs> I don't think so. If you like what we're doing, like us uh, on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, yeah. like videos, leave a five-star rating on iTunes, text us and tell us we're doing a good job. Send it to your mom. Send us letters. Moms Just tell us you're proud of us. Hey, moms love us. Like, yeah. Introduce, moms us, like us. introduce us to your mom. Introduce us to yeah. your parents. I know that it's a little sure. early, but I I think this is going somewhere. Our relationship. So, I mean, we've known each other longer than Thor and Jane have, and they're you, clearly in love. If you want to bring us home, I, I promise your parents are going to love us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We're really good with parents. Yep. So anyway. Older brothers, maybe not so much. You keep them at home. Yeah, don't. For two chunks and a hunk. I'm Jordan. <laughs> I'm David. And I'm Doge. Thanks for tuning in. That's not us. <laughs>The show just ended, so if you're still listening, thanks so much. But also, why are you still here? <laughs> it's over. Go home. But while we have you here, if you want a shout out on our next episode, then post about us on social media, hashtag official chunky. That's C-H-U-N-K-Y. And with this knowledge, you, you too can fly. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.